This is the Dave Logan Podcast. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. Welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman. This is podcast number 13. I, I do like the Christmas music. I am in... I am in the Christmas sort of spirit, so Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas. We're going to talk about that in a little bit because right after you tape this podcast, you're going to be one of those batshit crazy people that are going to the mall. Uh, Affirmative on that. That is absolutely true, but I do this, I sort of fell into this several years ago. Uh partially out of necessity where you just have to power shop Mm -hmm. you run out of time literally Mm -hmm. and so this uh we're we're doing this podcast on monday the 23rd Mm -hmm. and in my world christmas is on the 25th (laughs) not sure about you so it's off to park meadows and uh away i go okay well a little bit later we um there's a psychologist that's going to break down the um what's behind people that wait this late because the rest of us knew that the 25th was coming all year yeah but we'll get into that um can't wait for that a little bit later just when bart scott on you but <laughs> can't okay so the broncos coming off i think even though the lions aren't a very good team a big win in that any win this season is big but given that they were behind 10 to nothing at halftime showed some moxie right was the first team in the nfl to come back to actually win a game where they trailed. They were the they were the final team. I'm sorry, not the first team. They were the final team in the NFL to actually have come back and win a game that they trailed. I, I before I answer that question, I, I'm more interested in your definition, Julie's definition of the word moxie. What does moxie mean? Swagger. Something something. It's always been a cool word to me. Yeah. But it is a little different, right? He has and, and it's used that word is used to describe normally Ballsy. like a quarterback in the NFL. Ballsy. That quarterback has moxie. So moxie is ballsy to you? Moxie might be the it factor, which is actually a question I wanted to ask you. Because yeah. Rich Gangarello said that Drew Locke has the it factor. I mean, the, the compliments yeah. that this guy is getting. He also said that uh, he's made of the right stuff. He has everything it takes to be great. Cortland Sutton said, I think he's going to be one of the best ever to play the game. Are we? Yes. However you end that statement, the, my answer is yes. Are we getting ahead of ourselves? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are we looking at this through orange colored glass? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Now, and, and by the way, now I go back. Uh, Moxie to me means he's just got a real sense of football sense. He's got Moxie. I don't know if I don't know if I would equate Moxie to the it factor, mm-hmm. but he's a baller. He understands. He's just got that football thing going on. That's what at least Give in my book. Give me a quarterback, couple quarterbacks in the NFL that have Moxie. Currently, mm-hmm. uh, Russell Wilson. Okay. I mean, Drew Brees has great football Moxie. There, there would be more than just a couple, right? Okay. So. I like what I see from Drew Locke, but I said the same thing last week. Um, I think the Broncos have been a little slow to the Drew Locke party, but I think they are coming around. And I think 
it's interesting to me that you it's not that I you know dislike this but you still have some Broncos fans that look at him and they're reluctant to say you know this is this is going to be a good player I mean they they want to qualify every one of their um, positive statements about Drew Locke Mm -hmm. yeah he's played well but the Lions suck yeah he's played well but there are certain decisions he makes that I really wonder about. You can say that about every young quarterback that's ever played. And and for that matter, even old quarterbacks, they're going to make bad decisions from time to time. But I, I would agree with Rich Gangarello here in this regard. I think that when I've seen this young guy in the four games, calling every single game, the ball comes out of his hand a bit differently than a lot of other quarterbacks that I see in the league. He, he can really spin the football. I like the way he throws the ball. Um, the game doesn't seem too big to him. A lot of young quarterbacks will have a good series or two, and then they'll make decisions and they'll make throws that you're just grabbing your head in angst and saying, what in the hell are you doing? I haven't seen that from him. He made the bad throw in Kansas City that was, uh, that was picked off in the end zone. Bad decision. But – he, to me, gives the Broncos something to be really optimistic about as they move into this offseason. I mean, really excited about – if I'm John Elway and my, my challenge is to build the team, I'm going to try to build the team around Drew Locke. I'm going to find him another receiver, and it's going it got to be a good receiver, a couple offensive linemen, um, worry about the defense. But I'm, I'm going to give this guy as many playmakers as I possibly can in a really short period of time. You know what I think I like the best about him is how he'll run out of the pocket one way and then throw across the field in the other direction. I don't. Not everybody can do that, right? Yeah, that's that's a little bit of football moxie. I think you were referring to that. Uh-huh. I mean, you can't you can't make a living at this level doing things like that. But he doesn't panic in the pocket when things start to break down. Right. When he moves, he moves with a purpose. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not like, uh, a deer in the headlights. He doesn't have that sort of, Oh shit. I mean, I got to get out of here and I'm just looking to throw it in, you know, the Miller moth and the stiff breeze sort of look. So I, 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 I think that I don't want to overstate it, but I, I think they've got their quarterback for the immediate future. And I think you can build around him and, feel pretty good about moving forward. So I think in the Lions game, he passed to nine different receivers. And some, you know, just one one throw each. But I feel like the guys are vying to be his favorite. <laughs> when you listen to what Deshaun Hamilton has to say about him and Cortland Sutton has to say about him and Hireman has to say about him, I mean, I think that they can see what you're talking about as well. And I actually like that he doesn't have just one guy that he goes to right now. Well, he may, he may have saved Deshaun Hamilton's career mm-hmm. here in Denver. I mean, Deshaun Hamilton... I think going into the Lions game had 17 catches. He had six catches in that game. I mean, he literally might have might have provided Deshaun Hamilton with a ticket to next year's training camp. Was there part of you because Dalton Reisner was, I think he had the flu, and then Elijah Wilkinson. When Elijah Wilkinson got, went down, I got a little concerned because he's, you know, he's been kind of a Band-Aid for, in the past for guys that haven't worked yeah. out. So then there's guys that come in. I did not know who Jake Rogers is. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Morris. 
Patrick Morris is a first-year offensive lineman from TCU mm-hmm. that was recently signed. Okay. Um, and signed because they've had so many so many injuries on the offensive line. I mean, listen, that was a patchwork offensive line that I, I think actually played pretty doggone well. Yeah. Especially late in the game. But it's an area that John Elway and um, others are going to have to address in the offseason. They're going to have to make a decision, A, on whether they're going to bring Garrett Bowles back. I, I'm not sure. I think, you know, Garrett hasn't had, had, had a holding call yesterday, but – Hasn't had as many, although he's the second highest uh, penalized lineman, I believe, in the league in terms of holding calls. But they got to make a decision. I mean, do, are we going to offer him a new contract? Is he the guy that we feel confident with at left tackle? I, I don't have that answer. I, I really don't. Uh, they need to fortify the offensive line. I don't think Ron Leary will be back. I don't suspect he'll play against the Raiders. He's still in concussion protocol. Certainly don't think Jawan James is going to be back. They have to bring him back to camp because of the money they invested in him in the offseason. How much did he play this season? He played 70-some-odd snaps. Wow. He got hurt in the opener against the Raiders, Mm -hmm. missed a handful of weeks, came back, re-nicked the knee, has been cleared by the medical staff to play, and I think we've talked about that, but he just hasn't felt comfortable. And it's frustrating for the team in that regard, but I understand as a former player, I mean, the team – when you're cleared to go back in and play, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're 100%, maybe not even close. That means we think you're able to get through this and play. Yeah. But he's in a position where he can dictate that because of the money spent, at least for this year. And he hasn't felt comfortable enough to go back in. I think it's tougher for big men, offensive linemen, to go back in and sort of battle through um, – knee injuries, but there's a frustration level that the team has, in my estimation, with Jawan James. It's not gonna it's not gonna be rectified uh this year because it's too late. But he's got to come back next year and solidify the right tackle spot and be the kind of player that they thought he was going to be when they invested tons of money in him in the offseason. So it's a pendulum swinging here in Denver where it used to be so much about defense, but now if you look at okay if you're gonna build the team around Drew Locke, obviously Philip Lindsay and Cortland Sutton. You're not building the team around anybody on the defense, right? Well, I think they need help on on defense as well. I I really do. I, but I think, again, if I'm running the team, you you list in priorities in terms of what you want to add, right? Um, I'm going to look at the offensive line and whether it's a free agent or two or in the draft. I'm going to get a couple football playing Jesse's to play up there and have Mike Munchek coach them and feel a hell of a lot better about my offensive line. I think the offensive line has played better this year. Is under, football playing Jesse Mike. better like something like a moxie? Well, football playing Jesse automatically has moxie. <laughs> okay. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a moxie filled football playing Jesse. So two offensive linemen. I would have to say I need a receiver. And I need a receiver in a big way. It has mm-hmm. to be a speed receiver. It's got to be somebody like Tyreek Hill, somebody that threatens a defense on the other side of Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. Um, Deshaun Hamilton had a nice game yesterday. Tim Patrick made a couple of catches. But I, I just don't see either of those two guys as being the guy to play opposite of Cortland Sutton. Not if you're really going to take – tremendous steps 
and be a much better offense. They, they would be guys that could make the team as receivers three or four, but you got to have a guy opposite of Cortland Sutton, and they don't have – in my mind, they don't have that guy right now. But you, you still answer your question. They still need help on defense. Speaking- you got you to decide what you're going to do with Todd Davis and uh, Shelby Harris and Derek Wolf. Who wants a three-year deal? Is that realistic? It depends on the kind of money. I, I would think – that the Broncos would try to come up with a way to keep him. Now, it may be a discounted deal of some sort, and maybe Derek Wolf is at the stage of his career where if you get a three-year deal and a certain amount of that money is guaranteed, it makes sense to stay here and close out your career as opposed to shopping and maybe making a little bit extra money but having to uproot his entire family. But I would think the Broncos think highly enough of Derek now, they're not going to break the bank to keep him, but they would try to – because I think he's a Vic Fangio sort of guy. I do too. And I think Vic Fangio really likes him. And so it would it would surprise me if the Broncos don't make an offer that at least would give Derek uh, reason to pause and say, yeah, it's not really what I wanted, but it's pretty good. Let me think about that. Were you surprised when you heard the news about Kareem Jackson? I was only surprised in that um, – that incident happened, it was DUI, right, in September. He was one of the bright spots for this Broncos defense. Yeah. I mean, I guess he has that ability to kind of block that out. No, I was not I was not surprised that he was able to do that in the least. I think really? one of the traits of most, certainly really good NFL players, is their ability to compartmentalize. They can take things that – would be life-altering and, you know, family things, and they can put them in another place when it comes to preparing for a game mm. or playing in a game hmm. better than most people in the world. So what surprised me was that they were able to sort of keep that quiet for as long as they did. And I think it was a DWAI, so it was a lesser – he pleaded to a lesser offense. But – it just comes down to he made a mistake. He owned up to the mistake. Um, Kareem is a hell of a good player. Yeah. And, it, and it, f- from my standpoint, and getting to know him a little bit, really good dude. Yeah. And he is one of the centerpieces to what the Broncos are trying to get done next year on defense. So I think as long as this is a one-time thing and he learns from this that no matter what, it can't happen again, I think they'll go on and he'll be fine. You know, he got he got so many accolades after he didn't appeal it. Like, oh, he's standing up and doing the right thing. And I've heard really good things about him. But I was thinking, well, he and they're, oh my God, he owned up for to it. Well, yeah, I guess we're just so used to players and sports appealing and fighting it. Um, I I didn't. I just thought he did the right thing, right? Yeah, I, he was I like did treated too. as a hero for well, just doing the right thing. I, I think, as you said, it, it's in in today's time in the. NFL, it can be a bit surprising mm-hmm. when somebody actually, a player actually steps up and says, you know what, I screwed up, Yeah, I made a mistake, it's it's my mistake, it's on me, and I'll own it, and I'll suffer the consequences, and I'll move on, it won't happen again. I mean, you know, you work with kids all the time, and the message is is pretty clear over a long period of time, you're, you're going to make mistakes, it's how you handle the mistake, and then be smart enough not to make the same mistake twice. We as humans 
make mistakes, whether it's uh, what uh, Kareem did or in other areas of our life. But I think it's important to try to be uh, aware of it and then learn from it and then not make the same mistake again. So speaking of kids, we do have a question when we come back on the Dave Logan podcast. Is this the psychologist that you've <laughs> evidently reached out to <laughs> in terms of what shopping this late in the season actually means? It's a consumer psychologist. You have a lot of spare time on your hands. I actually don't. Actually well, you had time to reach out to some psychologist. That's a great point. We'll be right back. Dreaming of a Christmas just like the ones I used to know Where those treetops listen And children listen to hear Sleigh bells in the snow The Dave Logan Podcast can be found at iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember to download, and if you like what you hear, share with your friends and subscribe. Remember, you can log on to our website, thedaveloganpodcast.com. Go to the contact tab to ask us questions. We'll read them on the podcast. Most every question is fair game. Just keep it classy. It's thedaveloganpodcast.com, or you can send your question directly to us on Twitter, at DaveLoganPod or at JulieBrowman1. So before we get into a consumer psychologist as to why you've waited until right before Christmas to do your Christmas shopping, we did get a question on the DaveLoganPodcast.com where you can just email us and ask us anything that's on your mind. This is from Joey Wise. What's up, Joey? <laughs> so his question, I'm in the military and continue to move around the country until I retire in a few years. I have a passion for teaching and instructing and would like to get into coaching high school football. What's a good way to get my feet wet? Is volunteering a good way? How would you start looking back from your experience? I thought that was a great question. Yeah. No, I, I think it is. I, I think volunteering would be good. And honestly, in 27 years as a head coach in high school, um, I, I guess it depends on what your definition of volunteering would be. In terms of the pay, even if you're paid, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be such a small number. I mean, by high school coaches in this state are paid by how many years you have worked, right? So the pay scale, unless you coach for certain private schools. I mean, I coached at a private school for nine years, basically the same pay scale. But in my 27th year as a head coach, my pay this year was I think it was forty like forty three hundred dollars. So and you it, pay your assistant coaches from that, right? Um, yeah, I yeah. D- yeah. But if if your heart is really in it and you want to volunteer, I think the the first thing you got to do is make sure you have the time that you could dedicate to the kids. Which means if you're still working, you have to have a pretty understanding employer that says, hey, even if you're an assistant coach and you want to have for the months of high school football season, you want to have off in the afternoons from 2 o'clock till about 6, 
you know, you've got to make sure you can balance that with the job. But that that would be the way. And and then I I would uh, I would encourage Joey to reach out to high school coaches to email them and just to put a resume together, whether you played football or you've coached anywhere in the past or whatever, and just choose you know, eight to ten coaches in the Denver metro area or up wherever you might live and send them an email and say, hey, I have an interest in joining your program in any capacity. Because coaches are always looking for, whether it's a varsity coach or JV coach or even freshman coach, they're always looking for good quality men and, and also women that that are great with kids, that have a little bit of an understanding of football, that can dedicate the number of hours necessary um, and want to work for about six cents an hour. <laughs> Do you guys take any volunteers? Or your staff? Uh, I, I have hired. I have hired over the years, and again, it depends on the definition of volunteer. But I have, uh, you know, I have coaches that don't make very much money at all. So technically, in my book, they're volunteers. We're all sort of volunteers, to tell you the truth. Okay. The simple reason you wait until last minute to do your Christmas shopping. Is this your... This is my study. Is this your trek into the <laughs> psychology Seriously, of, I looked it up yesterday to figure out why people like you wait. Because the rest of us know when the 25th is. You act like, you know, the group that I'm in, people like <laughs> me, is a really small group. And I would like to submit to you, doctor, that the group in which I'm in is actually fairly significant there's more than you think when i leave here uh-huh. and drive to park meadows uh-huh. i would guess there'll be there'll be a lot of people out there you'll be happy to know according to a new survey from the international council of shopping centers 76 percent of adult shoppers say they plan on making holiday purchases right up until christmas aha so your group the one that is 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 well prepared consists of 24 percent of humanity that number actually surprised me it did it did. Okay. So this is this consumer psychologist wrote this article about why people wait. One, you tell me what you can relate to. That you're overwhelmed. You just have so much to do. I, I absolutely raise my hand. And in fact, if I had somebody to hold the mic in front of my pie hole, I would raise both hands on that point. That is You're me. just overwhelmed. Yes. I mean okay. during this time of year. Right. Okay. You're a perfectionist, which means that you want to wait and get the perfect thing like you just don't want something you put a lot of thought into this and so you're just like you're kind of overthinking this i i would say i'm a perfectionist in certain areas of my life Mm -hmm. but i would not be able to testify accurately that i'm a perfectionist in this particular area like Mm -hmm. i just have to have the absolute right gift i will leave here today to go buy for my family, not having a clear understanding of what the hell I'm looking for. <laughs> I just walk list? in a store and some nice person will approach me and say, may I help you? And I'll say, you know, I don't really know. And that's how conversations start. Do you have any idea what you're looking for? Any I mean, I have idea? a, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not a complete idiot. I mean, I have a couple of ideas of what I'm looking for, but I promise you I'll walk in six to 10 stores at Park Meadows. And by the way, maybe Park Meadows should be a sponsor of the show because I've mentioned them like four times. Uh-huh. And I'll walk in a store and say, hi, <laughs> and not have any idea. And they'll say, well, who are you buying for? And then I'll, I'll tell them. And yeah. then they'll say, well, come look at this, that, no, I don't like that. No. Well, that's kind of interesting. It's, it, that's sort of my norm. So can I give you, as a woman, can I give you, like you're shopping for some women, right? Can I give you a little help? Or are you just... Well, sure. I mean, do I have an option of saying no to that? Probably <laughs> no. not. So go ahead. Okay, you got to be you got to be 
you have to have put some thought into this, right? Well, I mean, stuff I haven't put any thought. Okay. But you don't want to just roll up with like a turtleneck. You know what I mean? Not wearing a turtleneck. I know, but for the women in your life. You just oh, no. I, does the man in your life buy you <laughs> turtlenecks? Is that where no. you got this idea? Tell the truth. No, Has any know. man in your life, and Lord knows there have been a few, a few, ha- yeah. have, have you ever had a turtleneck given to you for either a birthday or during the holiday season? No, I promise. No. But you, no, stop looking at me like that. I'll tell you something that women don't necessarily love. Because I feel it's the guy. The guy is giving the gift. It's like we really don't want electronics or, you know. Well, like- I've never. I don't know who you've been hanging out with. <laughs> but I've never given a person of importance <laughs> right. in my life like anything electronic that she, if, if it's a female. Yeah. So I would just suggest that maybe there's there's a deeper rooted issue here <laughs> in your life, and maybe we need to examine. We can do that during podcast number fourteen. Okay. Maybe examine some of the men that you've hung out with. <laughs> okay, that will be um, unnamed, of course. Unnamed. You think this is what I think you this is what you're about. You think you work your best under pressure. That's I th- why you I work. would say I uh, I work my best under. Yes, I would say so. Where does that come from? I think I'm a pressure player. Where does that come from? Yeah. Um, well, it gets back to the first one. I'm overwhelmed. Right. And so you're forced into this issue a little bit. Right. And then I've always felt like, I mean, I've always felt that I was a good pressure player. What makes you nervous? Does pressure make you nervous or you love it? Um, I, A little bit of both. I think... You know, I, I am nervous before a high school game. Yeah, okay, high school out. You've told me that before. What else makes you nervous? Public speaking? Not so much. I mean, I, I'll be nervous before trying to contemplate it in terms of what I'm going to say or what message do I want to give. Mm-hmm. But once I start, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable. What about when the boss says, I want to meet you in my office? Does that make you nervous? Well, uh, it depends on what tone the boss uses, I suppose. You know, I mean, we listen, I, I had the boss when I was cut in the NFL basically have one of his people call and say, the boss would like to meet you in the office. Did you know? I was pretty nervous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The I knew the I was going to get cut. I yeah. knew I was going to get cut. That's the story I told you. I didn't even feed yeah. my dog. It was early in the morning. My dog was still asleep. I stepped over him and said, you know what? I'll be back soon. <laughs> so, I mean, I knew I knew it was the end of the road. So, when you went in, Dan Reese had cut you, right? Yeah. Okay, so when you went in and you just knew it was coming, yep. did you have a game plan how you were going to react? I did not. I'd never been cut in my life. Wow. I'd never been at any level of any sport. I'd never been told, you know, you're not good enough to make the team. Okay. So, that so how was, did he tell you? Did he say, he just said, Dave, we're, we're gonna, you're little not bit. good enough. No, he didn't say you're not good enough. He just said, we're going to go in a different direction. <laughs> So had that told to that's me. not a lot. Uh, that meeting is not a lot of fun. <laughs> no, no. Did you feel sad after that? Uh, there, there was a component of sadness for mm-hmm. sure. Did you cry? Uh, I did. Oh. I didn't cry in his office. Oh gosh, no, you wouldn't do that. No, no. Okay. And I drove home listening to Irv and Joe and they were just, <laughs> really? the word had gotten out and they were just killing Dan that afternoon. Just killing him. I'm thinking, and I never listened to talk radio in my life. I was an FM radio guy. Music, uh-huh. totally. I'm thinking, well, this sounds like an interesting job, right? These guys get to sit here and talk about stuff like me getting cut <laughs> and sports. And I love sports. And I contacted Irv. Irv had been the baseball coach at CU, so I had known Irv a little bit. Yeah. 
and, and that's how it started. That's how my career in wow. sports radio started. The, the day you got cut, you listened, you go, that's, yes. I think, what I want to do. Well, I said, I, I didn't know for sure. I mean, I, I had options to go back and play. I didn't know whether I wanted to go to another team or or not. I was right. a little bit unsure, but it was my 10th year, and I was like, I'm healthy, and maybe it's time to do something else. And then I hear them, and I'm like, wow. I mean, you can sit and actually talk on the radio about sports, and I love sports. And get paid? Well, that's another story for another podcast. That didn't happen right off the bat. You were a volunteer. I was a volunteer <laughs> in my radio career when I first started. I made I made $12,682 in my first 18 months. Wow. Yeah. So as we end this podcast, I do want to, I feel like Wish we Wish me a Merry Christmas. Thank well, you, Julie. I, Merry I, Christmas to you as well. There's something I want to do yes. for our listeners. Can we just do another quick little segment? Sure. How quick? It's really, do you got to go? You got to go shop, don't you? Well, Park Meadows beckons, but it, sure, let's do what okay, we're Okay, okay, let's just do this really quick. Okay, this is, if, this article is called How to Politely Tell Your Parents You Don't Like Your Christmas Present. And I feel like this is a public service because people are going to open up their Christmas presents yeah. and they're not going to know what This is do. a little bit about, this is Julie's life here. We, this Why? Is, because you, you, you've actually, you've looked into and you, you, you expressed about how lousy some of the gifts were that you were received. I never got a turtleneck. Life. I just said, don't get a yeah, turtleneck. Yeah, but the, the reality of it. But anyway, go ahead. So this. Okay, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you don't like your gift, we're going to yeah. give you some. This is what the internet says, and then this is what we, we say. Okay. If your parents bought the gift, step number one, open your gift. This seems obvious, but you don't know if you're going to like it until you open it. That's sure, okay? absolutely. Number two, thank them for your present. Your parents have obviously tried hard, so you must be grateful. So say something like, thank you, mom and dad. I know you tried hard. First of all, I'm never calling my mother mom. Right. But yes, I would I would give them the benefit of the doubt of their uh, endeavor. But I also feel like once you say, I know you tried hard. You, That's you not, who says that? Nobody. Okay, number three, apologize and tell them why you don't like it. Saying I hate my stupid present won't get the best results. Say something like, sorry, mom, but effervescence. The band, I can't say it, isn't my thing. Be mature and make sure you apologize or at least sound apologetic. Yeah, I don't know. Who who, who does that? Is this thing written in, in London? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, there's there's a bit of a British sort of tone, tone here. First of all, mum right. gave it away. But no, I mean, I don't. I, I feel like you'd say thank you. Yeah, I do too. Appreciate it so much. I don't even think you tell them at the time you don't like the present. What What, I mean, what slappy does that? Well, according to this article, number four, wait for their response. So some parents might get upset or some might apologize and then ask if you can exchange it. That's a dumb thing, too. I know. You're not going to do any of these things. If your parents actually gave you something you didn't like, right. you're going to go over and hug both of them and kiss them and say thank you very, very much. And they'll say, do you like it? Your mom especially would ask you that. Right. And then what you do is lie. Right. You say, you say, absolutely, I like it. Will you wear that? I, I promise you, I will. Now you might never wear it, but right. you're not spending the rest of the the year at your mom and dad's house, so there's a chance they won't know. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't. You do, why be hurtful to your parents? I think our advice is better than their advice. I do too. Dave, your car is already turned on. Have fun at Park Meadows. I wear a size medium. Au revoir.